Blog Talk Radio. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. Tough question number one. Imagine that you are a black man and the year is 1955. You're walking down the street in the community known as Bridgeport in Chicago and four white men pull up beside you in a Chevy. Are you afraid? Imagine the year is 1964 and you are a young black man driving down a dark road on your way to Meridian, Mississippi with two Jewish associates. When you see the bright lights of a car in your rear view mirror, then you see a flashing red light and know that it is a police vehicle. Do you feel safe or are you forever regretful? As a young black man in the year 2010, you're driving through Chicago's Inglewood community and you quite appropriately stop at a stop sign. Before you pull off, four black men pull up next to your car. Are you scared? Where do you as a black American feel safe? Where do you feel threatened? Why are we still afraid? Haven't we been afraid long enough? Can you answer the tough questions? This is where we invite you, black America, to answer the tough questions based on the book, Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, by Sonia Cassandra Perdue. That's me, and I'm your host for this show. And I am the executive producer of Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. You can visit us at www.chicagosblackbusinessradionetwork.com. For the next 30 days or so, we'll be focusing on tough questions, Number one, that's the first question in the book that I published in 2010. And I played that for you at the opening of the show, and I will go back and play that for you once again shortly. These shows are part of the Tough Questions Project, which includes these podcasts, and we will invite Black America to answer the tough questions from the book. There are 82 questions. And as part of this project, there will also be videos of folks just like you answering the tough questions. And all of that is going to be a part of a documentary based on Black America asking ourselves tough questions. So stay with us and be a part of this journey because it's not about me. It is about the survival of the black race. It is where we address our concerns, where we address our issues, the issues that face us as a black race on this globe. And I don't answer the tough questions. These shows are not about me. They're about you, okay? Now, our guest today uh, on this session is General Parker. And I see that he is here with us. General, is that you? Yes. How's it going, Sonia? It's going great. I've been out there looking for you. I was looking for you out there. It's going great. General, welcome to the Tough Question. It's great to have you here. Now, I'm not going to give our audience a whole list of the things that you do because you're involved in 
quite a few things. You're a community organizer with years of experience uh, from Peoria, Illinois. And I'm going to ask you what's going on in Peoria, too. And you've been involved and you're still involved in many projects across the U.S. But what I'd like to focus on today is something that most of our listeners have probably not heard of before. Uh, I know I wasn't aware of it. And uh, we want to, let me just share this one quote with them. Those closest to the problem are closest to the solution, but furthest from the resources and power. Amen on that. That is definitely part of the problem. Now, General, would you tell our listeners, listening audiences about Leadership USA, and then we'll go back and talk about a few more things that you do. But tell us about that particular organization. Yeah, Just Leadership USA. Um, a couple of years ago, I was uh, involved in a, uh, the first national conference for a formerly incarcerated and convicted persons movement. And I met a young man there named Glenn Martin, and he's the uh, founder of Just Leadership USA. And that's, that's his quote there is that the the ones closest to the problem are closest to the solution, meaning the people who are actually impacted by this system are the ones who can help you to fix the system. But instead of doing that, they would rather spend the resources with uh, professors and other organizations and people that don't matter who are making a difference. And that's why you never see a, a, a solution to the problem of mass incarceration because it keeps perpetuating itself because they're just spending their wheels and money are going in the opposite direction instead of giving it to the people who are uh, definitely impacted by mass incarceration. Now, we hear that term a lot, General, mass incarceration. Define that for us. How do you define mass incarceration? Well, there's Different people have different uh, definitions of it. Uh, the AFL-CIO, the national, international AFL-CIO, they uh, have a, uh, uh, I can't say it's an they have a committee called Common Sense Economics, and it deals with mass incarceration. And, and their take on it is that uh, the over-arrest uh, and incarceration of a certain demographic or a certain group of people which basically would be the black people because we black men make up like six percent of the nationals the nation's population, but we account for like twenty five to thirty percent of the uh population of uh mass incarceration of, of the prison industry. So I might have to look those numbers up again. Uh I was I had a late night last night, I'm sorry. <laughs> But uh, you, <laughs> well, you know I hope it was a great night, and that's okay. That's not a problem. I got, I got what you're uh, saying. Just a lot, a lot of traveling. Saying. Just a lot, of, a lot of traveling. But yes, uh, uh, we're we're the ones who's most affected by it. But we're the ones who are are least. We're the ones that they choose not to deal with to help to to solve this problem. So, so it just keeps perpetuating itself. I can understand what you're saying. I I I see that in action, um, and it's not only in the prison industry. It's across the board for everything. There's a lot of people who right. sit at the table, uh, making decisions not only about us, but about everybody and everything, and not qualified right. to do it. So I I see that across the whole 
whole spectrum of life probably in the world, okay? It depends on who's talking the fastest and who's the slickest and who can push it. Right, and, uh, but I want to I agree with you, you on that. I'm glad you see that. Yeah. Yeah, I want to agree with you. I said that because I'm writing a book called All Roads Lead to Slavery. And when you say how the, that goes all the way across the system, all the way across the gamut, it runs the gamut, you know, that's true because this country was built on, on the blood and the free uh, labor of of people of color. Uh, ever since the very beginning when they first came over here and they started slaughtering all the indigenous people and then bringing Africans over here to work for free, this country has always been set up for free and cheap labor. So... And everything that you run into, I mean, even like the broken window policy, like they come in a neighborhood and, and they say you got your windows broken on your house or your grass too tall, you know, and then you start getting these fines that you can't pay for, you know, and then you, you wind up in jail again. I mean, we've seen that in Ferguson, you know. And you talk about, like, child support. Uh, anything that you can do that they can get their hands back on you and get you back incarcerated, that's and what they do. A, and keep, keep you in a struggle. If you keep people in a right. struggle, and we know this, they cannot concentrate on uh, removing your leadership because we, we're constantly right. in a struggle. We're constantly outgunned, overwhelmed. I want to go back to Just Leadership USA, General. Okay. So the formerly incarcerated persons are trained for leadership positions, and I could not agree Correct. with you. As I said, I could not agree with you more. Uh, I've never been in jail, therefore I could not tell anyone how to solve the problems that come with being incarcerated and what happens after a person has left the system. So you're training people to come back and work locally, and what do you, what do they do locally once they're trained, in general? Well, most times they go right back to uh, either the organization that they're with or they start their own organization. And they learn how to organize the people who hopefully that's been mostly uh, incarcerated or families that's been affected by the incarceration of a family member. Because, you know, if a man goes to prison, he's not the only one serving that time. His woman, his children, you know, his friends, they're, they're all doing that time with him. If there was a man who was a provider and he went to prison, you've taken the uh, provisions of that family away. And they've messed up their education to where you really can't even get a, get a good education in uh, America anymore, not in public schools. It's designed that way, and they did it for a reason. Because if a, a, a young black male isn't reading at grade level by the fourth grade, there's another prison cell that they build just for that. Anytime that you spend $40,000 a year incarcerating somebody, Rather than spend twelve thousand dollars a year to educate them, that that's that's a backwards system, Sonya. I mean, you're never going to fix the system that way. So that's Absolutely. what it's designed for—to make sure that we keep a steady flow of young uh, black backs or, or people of color. You know, it affects a lot of Hispanics also and other minorities, uh, especially if they're poor. Even we even get white people that's caught up in that if they're poor, they're not connected, they don't have the click. Uh, they don't care, you know, as, as far as they're concerned, those are just casualties of war. They, you have a, a power base of people 
who are really the true white supremacists, okay? <laughs> I mean, these guys you see in Charlottesville and all that stuff uh, causing all this ruckus, they have a false sense of uh, of, of superiority because they out yes, here working every do. day just like we are. <laughs> they out here struggling. They they got to go through the same things. We They probably uh, have a little bit more privilege because they can walk down the street, you know, and not have to worry about being harassed by police or shot or getting shot in the back. Because, see, I had a little cousin here last year, almost going up on a year now, here in September. He got shot by the police 18 times last year, you know. And he had some mental health issues, and the police knew that, and they knew all about him. But uh, I don't know if they're trying to show the rest of the world that they can kill a young black man like the rest of them. But I hope you know that uh, Peoria's been in the running for not only the worst city for blacks living in the country, but one of the worst. And what happened and I was to speaking Peoria? Out. What happened to Peoria? I don't remember it being like that. What happened to it? Uh, I don't know. I, I've seen it coming. And, you know, it's strange because Peoria was always the testing ground for, uh, I mean, corporations would bring products here. People would bring programs, uh, you know the old saying, you know, uh, it'll play in Peoria, you know, and they switch it to will it play in Peoria because of the way the demographics here, uh, they get a piece of everybody within the country. You get a little bit of the rural that's right outside Peoria, even part of it is still Peoria, the city. And uh, you got the urban, you got the projects, you got the business class here, and uh, Caterpillar's Fund is here. You know, it's a Fortune 500 company. And just two blocks away is the project where I grew up at. And they're supposed to have some type of poverty commission or something. Uh, but like I said, two blocks away is the Taft Tones where I grew up at. And they don't do anything to help those people. When I came back to Peoria back in 2003, they were building, rebuilding Highway 74. It was a $500 million project, you know, and, we didn't get any uh, black workers from right there out of the neighborhood, even though it went right past the Taft Homes or any other of the projects in the city. It just went right past them. We're bringing guys in from out of state, from everywhere mm-hmm. else, but the people here weren't allowed to partake in that, you know, even though it impacts them. So I those are the kind of things you got to deal with all around the country. I understand. I guess today is General Parker. You're listening to the Tough Questions on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, and I'm your host, Sonia Cassandra Purdue. And so we were just talking about Just Leadership USA and uh, actually what they're doing. They're training them to be leadership and come back and strengthen their own uh, organizations, hopefully. And And that's very important because I found that a lot of people are leading that they really don't. They're really not qualified to leave, bless their little hearts. It doesn't mean that they don't care because they do, but are they qualified? That's the kind of way they get this money. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> but are they qualified? And that's, and that's not a benefit to us. And I'll, and I'll give you one other example. I was over at a nonprofit program, and they were having a meeting that morning. I was waiting for someone else. And everyone in that meeting, a room full of people were Caucasian, except for one person, and it was a program designed to help incarcerated people, uh, homeless people, 
and not a one person in that room at that level was a black woman. And I'm just standing there looking at that. I'm just standing there. I'm like, this is too unbelievable, too unbelievable. They're educating their children. Off the, poverty is where the money is. You know, that's a book. Poverty is where the money is. They're educating their children. They're living their lives off of the black off the back of poverty, and we're just so we're so unaware of it. I want to let our audience know we recently did an interview with General Parker uh, for Chicago Street Journal. If you go to uh, www Chicago Street Journal, you will see that two page layout. That's a good interview. Um, want to let them know again when we're um, you're listening to the tough questions on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Um, I'm going to ask you the tough questions. I'm going to replay that for you again in a moment, the question that I want you to entertain for us and answer for us. But I look at it the same way. We're the only one can answer to solve our own problems. Um, We've got to get to the table, General. We've got to get to the table. We're not sitting at any other tables. But I want you to take a few minutes because I don't want to leave without you telling us about urban intellectuals. That's one of your projects as well. Right. You want me to talk about it now? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to ask me the tough questions you said you wanted me to uh, entertain. But, uh, yeah, urban intellectuals. Uh, the young man uh, came on Facebook, and uh, he goes by Freddie Ra, R-A, Ra. And, and a lot of conscious people know they can go back to Ra as one of them the Egyptian gods, kings. But anyway, Freddie Ra, he, he put out some feelers for uh, some people to come help him write for his uh, page, Urban Intellectuals. And there was a few of us that uh, that had answered, and we started out, there was 12 of us. And our whole thing is black excellence. So uh, since that day, I mean, we've been fighting a lot of people online. Uh, we even got our own website now and you can go to it it's urbanintellectuals.com um the reason we had to do that because we found out the games that facebook were was playing <laughs> they would uh shut us down for some days uh they said oh you put up a post that that's offensive and, and all our all our posts are geared to uh making people think and raising their level of consciousness you know so we can help our own community but right now we are we we're selling uh, what are called uh, Black History flashcards, and we got volume one and volume two out, and the next volume will be about uh, blacks who've contributed in the area of STEM, you know, science, technology, and mathematics and engineering. So uh, the first uh, the first volume was just black people in general from history. Not the ones that you always hear about, you know, the month of black history in February, but the ones that people didn't know about. And the second one was dedicated to black women in history who've made a district, a difference here in the country. So, uh, and we also have a coloring book cycle. They want to teach our kids, you know, where they come from and they have heritage no matter what they're taught in the public schools. I saw that this morning. Sounds great. Sounds great. I'm going to play this tough question for you, General. And uh, okay. give you a moment to come back and, and answer that. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Tough question number one. Imagine that you are a black man and the year is 1955. 
You're walking down the street in the community known as Bridgeport in Chicago, and four white men pull up beside you in a Chevy. Are you afraid? Imagine the year is 1964, and you are a young black man driving down a dark road on your way to Meridian, Mississippi, with two Jewish associates. When you see the bright lights of a car in your rearview mirror, then you see a flashing red light and know that it is a police vehicle. Do you feel safe, or are you forever regretful? As a young black man in the year 2010, you're driving through Chicago's Inglewood community, and you quite appropriately stop at a stop sign. Before you pull off, four black men pull up next to your car. Are you scared? Where do you, as a black American, feel safe? Where do you feel threatened? Why are we still afraid? Haven't we been afraid long enough? So, General Parker, can you answer the tough question? Uh, that's not really tough. Uh, the answer is yes. <laughs> We've been afraid for far <laughs> too long, <laughs> far too long. And I think that that's what gets me in trouble a lot of the time, uh, having the courage to stand up. A lot of times I'm standing up alone, especially here in Peoria, uh, just getting people to stand up and do the right thing. Uh, it's hard to do nowadays. Uh, when you have a system that's designed to keep a certain group of people down because the people in power are not going to educate you how to get their power. <laughs> They're going to keep educating you into becoming compliant. And if you don't become compliant, just like in school, you ask the wrong questions, well, we're sending you to the office. Uh, we're putting you on Ritalin. Uh, uh, we're, we're kicking you out. Uh, I mean, it's things like that that keeps perpetuating, get, gets put in people's mind that, uh, you know, we're nothing. We're never going to be nothing. This is as good as it gets. I used to have to mentor in uh, the District 150 school system here. And, I mean, even the District 150 school system, we had, for years, we've been having a lot of problems, like worse than Chicago, <laughs> when it comes to our children. And people speak out, and it, it makes national news. But uh, that's another question. That's another story for another time. But, uh yeah, I would be scared in every last one of those scenarios, every last one of them, because too many times America has has looked over race and did nothing about it. I mean, when slavery ended, uh, they just said, okay, you're free, go. What do you mean free, go? I mean, I've been working for you all my life. You're not giving me nothing to leave here with. The wealth that you've attained, you know, I'm the one to work to get it for you. I mean, I'm talking about my ancestors now, you know, and, and you're going to keep uh, sending that wealth, uh, giving it to your offspring and your offspring's offsprings, you know, and uh, and my people after building this country, leaving here with nothing else but our hat in our hand, I'm, you know, and too many times, uh, just like we had Barack Obama in office, and we never had a chance to talk about race. And dealing with race, and there's a reason for that, because they want to keep racism here in America, because that way they keep people down. They want to keep a capitalistic society, because you can't have capitalism without racism, because you got to have a second class of citizen that wants to do the work, so that they can stay on top. I want to so. point out something that that goes with this question as well. Um, when you mentioned uh, urban intellectuals and how Facebook was 
shutting you down, penalizing you. We call it Facebook jail, call it Twitter jail. Right, uh, right. Penalizing you and, and shutting you down and that type of thing. Um, that is by design as well. I right. I did a, a focus group with uh, about Facebook. They didn't say Facebook was behind it, but every question they asked me was about Facebook. And when I left right. out, I said, yeah, uh, but nobody's talking about that civil war that's going on on Facebook. Because what's happening on Facebook, and we're not participating as we should. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this one thing, General. See, we argue amongst each other. There are, if you go to some pages where some of these uh, Caucasians are, there will be ten thousand comments. We're over there fighting over here. We need to be up in those pages, shutting them down, because they come to our pages, make complaints report us. They do it in groups, and they do it by design, but we're not organized to do it the same way. Facebook blocked me from reporting people because they got they got win. See, they, they click on the game. They got win of what's going on. I said, well, I'll sit back a little while because they're going to report me some more people, okay, because they're, sh- they're doing it to shut us down and censor us. Censor us. Right. Okay? They so they they're, they're hitting our pages, reporting our pages, saying we're doing different things. We may not be doing anything, but until they go back and look at it, they don't know and they don't care because you don't know who's behind. Well, yes, we do. Who's behind the administration of the page? We know who they are. Right. Okay. I'm right. calling them all kind of names back there. I'm surprised they didn't put me on Facebook. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'd have called it like it was, you know. But it, 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 it is it is real. The fear that you that you express and you said uh now I've interviewed people from Chicago. I've, I've interviewed people from Chicago and asked them that question and they said well the, the question about Inglewood. The other two, uh the first one about, you know, Meridian, Mississippi and about Bridgeport, Illinois, which is our former mayor's uh community and this was one the races in Chicago. Um, right. Every every area that black people live in, they got the same divide line and the same thing, so they know what's going on with the question, okay? But they weren't afraid of uh, so much afraid of those who situ. They were afraid of those two situations, but not so much as the uh, situation of being in Inglewood or being on the east side of Chicago, uh, where they had where they had riots out there yesterday fighting with the fighting face-to-face with the police out there in South Shore yesterday. I don't, I don't know if you saw that or not. Face-to-face on the front line, fighting with the police out there. It's just all, it's all out of whack. Uh, because right. they are being right. intimidated. They are being stopped and provoked and continuously doing it to provoke you in a situation so that they can hurt you or arrest you. And they are continuously right. doing it, continuously doing it. And they've been doing it ever since we've been here. And the question is, you know, why are we still afraid? It, it, why are we still afraid? we got to let that go because we got to come up against this because it's not going to change. They have no intention to change. <laughs> we, I think, uh, General, it's going to be us that has to change the situation. Let's. Uh, I know oh, you go around the country a lot and speak. I want to give you an opportunity to tell people. We have two minutes. I want to g- give you an opportunity to tell people how to contact you if they want to invite you to speak or be a guest at one of the events. Oh, okay. Um, 
you can always go to urbanintellectuals.com um, or you can go to uh, C- CICBTU dot, uh, at gmail.com. CICBTU at gmail.com. That's my uh, Coalition of Black Trade Unionists uh, email address. Or or they can call me. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do a lot of work with Just Leadership. One thing I want to get out real quick, and I can have you put it up on your uh, radio blog, or you can put it up on your website or your Facebook page. In uh, September, September 13th to 15th, they're having the, the next annual formerly incarcerated and convicted persons movement conference. So uh, people that want to attend that, they need to go to that page. Uh, I believe it's FIC pfm uh, dot org, but uh, I'll make sure that you get that information. And for people that can't afford to take the trip, uh, they they will help pay for your travel, your hotel. They'll pay for the conference registration. If you've been formerly incarcerated, you've been impacted by the system, or you had a family member, uh, and you want to attend this event, you guys got to go to that and. I tell you, your life will be changed. Mine was, and mm-hmm. here I am two years later, and um, I'm I'm basically known across the country now when it comes to criminal justice reform. So, thank so you so much, that, General. Would you give your Would you give you your phone number again? It's three zero nine. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I got two of them. Three zero nine two three two eight five eight three. Three zero nine two three two eight five eight three, and I I I give you the other one to put up on the website, okay? That'll be great. And if you send me the information about the conference in September, I will certainly put that up as well. Thank you so much for being with us, General. My name is Sonia. Oh, it was a joy. It was a joy. We're gonna do it again, but we're gonna do an hour next time. But uh, <laughs> hey, let's bring Mike we, back with me, and we could talk about the uh, child support and child custody issues and stuff like that. We can do that. That was one of our biggest shows. Our biggest shows. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. My name is Sonia Cassandra Purdue. I'm your host for the Tough Questions. See you next time. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye bye. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just told my husband I was running in for a few things at the anniversary sale going on now at Jewel Osco. Truth is, I'll need his help loading the car when I'm done because there are so many great deals. Don't miss the anniversary sale going on at Jewel Osco. Click on this ad to see the great deals going on now. Now these are savings worth celebrating. Pop the trunk, honey. 